going pretty good, man. It's going pretty good. Yeah, nice. I, I haven't had you on in a while. I believe this is our third interview, actually. Probably, yeah. I think yeah. so. Cool. So you've been doing a lot. Today, I, I finally decided to dig into the detail. That's what I, that's what I was just telling uh, Richard uh, uh, about Alex Saunders and this entire drama that's been going on recently. Uh, some of my own viewers have been asking me about that. They've been asking me about Pulse, of course. So I, I mean, I think it's a prescient time to definitely bring you on to discuss that. I was just watching that interview. It's quite a long one, of course. I mean, I, I I believe you cut him off a little bit early. I skipped to like the middle section of it. But uh, yeah, I was still stuck in the uh, the looking at volume and market cap and all that when you do, we were, you were doing some screen sharing stuff. It, it, it didn't look like the best... Uh, like the best show, I guess you could say, for Alex. And I've interviewed him before, but he just seemed a little bit confused. What was your take on that whole thing? You I seem mean, to get more and more frustrated. And I haven't seen you that frustrated in a while. It's like, if it, I love talking to people and, and having conversations. I love it. Yeah. And it's just, it gets very irritating when people are unable to make progress and they just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again because they don't have anything else to say. Yeah. That is super irritating and then i try and like emotionally satiate them by repeating their argument to them 10 times in a row so they know i get it and they know yeah. they get it and then hopefully they can say something else but his brain is so vacuous that it, it didn't contain any other useful information mm. he said that he was cut off early but he wasn't he chose to stop talking he said i'm going to leave now or oh. in his words i'm going to love you and leave you and then he started to try shilling his paid group. And I'm yeah, like, no, you're not shilling a paid group to my users. I know what happens in paid groups. Everyone loses all their money. And then, and then I was like, wait a second. So I wanted to, I wanted to bet this guy because I think he's a pleb. And then I thought to myself, like, actually, he's broke because he keeps trying to hit me up for money. I can't make a bet with this guy. I'll never get paid even when I win. So I published our, it was the first time I've ever published a private conversation in my entire life. This guy tried to borrow $1.2 million off me. And then Bitcoin. Yeah. It was 20, but I misquoted it okay. as 50 in the tweet. Yeah. But it, the 1.2 million is an accurate number. And then he tried to charge me 60 grand or 50 grand for some pre sale and some fantasy token that didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And then he tried to convince me to give him money to go on a show. I don't give people money to go on shows. They, yeah. When I show up on a yeah, show, that, that, I'm the highest. That's what, that's what threw me off because I would never have expected Alex to be like that. Like he, he was usually against that kind of thing from what I've seen in the past. So I'll tell you what was surprising to me the most. So Alex Saunders, if you guys don't know, uh, I guess just briefly that drama, he's, he's had a fall from grace, um, shot through the heart, I think is what Cointelegraph said or something like that, um, whereby um, he was creating, from my understanding, he was trying to talk to me about it as well. Um, he was creating a kind of bank that, basically it's gonna be maker dow so like maker but going back to the original style of maker uh, that's how it was pitched to me whereby it would be like a stable coin backed only by ether and not usdc which many have seen as possibly centralizing uh die the stable coin so he was gonna do that i was like okay cool idea cool whatever and he kept like you know sharing more information about that that was the last i heard about it i didn't really respond to that but from my understanding he's been asking a lot of people for money including richard for money, uh, BitBoy as well said he lent him like five Bitcoin as well, I believe at the end of last year, or the beginning of this year, and he didn't get that back. And uh, a lot of investors, private investors, put money into it. And uh, after your interview, from what I heard, and this is what I heard, that uh, basically it came out that a lot of investors wanted their money back, but the money wasn't there for them anymore. And he had deposited that money into FTX exchange. So <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, I mean, t- t- okay, so so if like, you're gonna if you're gonna scam, maybe at least don't take all of your unlicensed, unregistered security stories that you're just giving people to take all their money, and then send it directly to the margin trading exchange. At least maybe run it through Tornado Cash or uh, something. I mean, to take people's money you're stealing from them and send it directly to the margin trading exchange. And you're just like, that's balls, man. That's pure. Yeah. That's like, actually, that's a guy that begs money from you. And like, hey, man, I got to catch a bus in front of like the 7-Eleven. And then he immediately turns and gives it to the drug dealer right in front of you. Like, like the story wasn't even mattered, that, you know? That That's what throws me off for sure. So he put it into a leverage trading exchange. And yeah. um, it, like the word scammy, I would like to think my original thought was he actually wants to create this project. He's taking the money, but you're right if he's depositing it in an exchange. And I've heard all these uh, rumors abound about gambling problems as well. So that kind of links up with it that maybe he tried to gamble it, uh, some of those funds or all those funds. But The, uh, the grossest part is that it's like, Okay, there's people out there that diddle kids. It's terrible. But when a priest does it, it's worse because that's a person that's supposed to be the top tier, best, you know, most honest guy. Mm-hmm. There's scumbags out there that scam all the time. All right. Like the guy in front of the 7-Eleven, the crackhead. Fine. But then when a guy punks his, do- his kids and his wife and talks about how they live in a small family home and has a picture of his wife and his profile photo and is putting his wedding pictures out there and is doing every scammy thing he can do to try and come off as a nice, honest family kind of guy, but behind the scenes is victimizing people by the hundreds and costing them their life savings and lying to them and performing illegal activities. You cannot take money into a common pool with the expectation of profit of others. And it's a security. And I don't think he has a reg D or a reg a exception. So, I mean, this guy, he's, he's robbing people. And then for some reason, people are so kind that they, they think he should get a free pass or people should let up on him. So what, he can go victimize more people? Because he'll reload everybody. These scammers, yeah. what they do is they bang you for everything you got, and then he'll call you under another identity and tell you he's the recovery team to help you get your money back. It's like a guy that steals your stuff and helps you look for it. Mm-hmm. Total Create and complete the problem, scum. Proffer the solution. No. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's all come out damning. Like I said, I want to have Alex on the show too. He agreed to be on the show just so people know at some point in the future because I want to get the full story. I know he can't probably talk too much right now. I understand he's probably let being him incriminate sued. himself, man. Ask him the hard questions. Yeah, I know. Alex, I, I, why I mean, are you stealing? They're all hard money? questions. Yeah, like, uh, specifically, why are you stealing people's money? Where did all the money would, go? And it when was did you get a, liquidated and how many times? Show us the logs, show us. Tell yeah. me where that chart hurt you. Yeah, maybe FTX will show us that information. I nah, heard they that they're looking but. into it. Yeah, I guess not, but. I mean, yeah, yeah like Sam Bankman-Fried posted that it's escalated as high as it can go and that's about as good as you can do. I mean, he un- owns the exchange, so. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know what good can come of it. He said he hasn't shared his store and he said that he want, he's, gonna share whatever i don't don't know how you can come back from this honestly because it seems well he'll come back he will people will forget i'm telling you if you don't put this guy down hard he will come back in six months and reload everybody scammers Mm -hmm. just change they don't go away man i mean like i mean you're not you're not a you're you're not a stranger to that word scammer as well because people have called you Yeah, but the difference is that that when people call me scammer it shows how horrible they are as human beings i'm the guy that just raised 26 million dollars for charity out of the kindness of my heart I'm the guy with the free self-help books that I wrote out of the kindness of my heart and give away for free. I'm the guy with a self-help YouTube channel where all of my earliest videos are me trying to make people's lives better. 
I'm the guy handing out free coins. I'm the guy that called the top on the day. I'm the giving tree of crypto. Anyone that doesn't like me has something wrong with them. You know, you might not like the way I talk. You might not like my million dollars of watches. When it comes to making the world a better place, I'm hitting home runs every day. I wish the hexagons wouldn't tag me in everything. That's the only thing I wish for. Have less followers and they'll stop. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) As long as as you got a lot of followers, you're target, bro. Because they're hungry. They want the respect that they've been denied. Hexagons have been treated poorly for two years now. And we've dominated everything and everyone. We've got 100% uptime. BitMEX founders went to jail. OKX founders went to jail. KuCoin got hacked. Binance got hacked. Ravencoin had a 10% inflation bug. Lumens had an inflation bug. Uh, like, okay, guys, we've had 100% perfect flawless operation. It's time for everyone to respect now. <clears throat> I think that's kind of been the shift as well, which is like, uh, I guess most people expected that Hex would go down quicker. Not that, it, you know. Not going the, down at all. Not it's going, going it had, up. It had, it hasn't yet, right? I mean, it, or it won't. Whatever. I don't. I don't know. I'm not here to argue whether hex is good or bad. I don't want to uh, sure. spend my time too much. Pulse about is that, more exciting that, on this. To huh? people, pulse. Yeah, pulse yeah, is actually, more exciting I, to people. And I'll tell you, I don't know anything about pulse. Embarrassingly, so I want. That's to okay. You get, you're talking to the right guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> got you covered, bro. <laughs> so so I, I I know nothing. I all yeah. I understand is it's an Ethereum fork, and I know you're raising money as well, which I, I found interesting. I, I love to chat about like uh, futurism, longevity, like all that kind of stuff as well. So Great. medical research sounds super cool. Um, yeah, so sure. yeah, I, I mean, I would like so, to learn about that for sure. I'll start with the medical research part. Mm-hmm. I've been retired for 20 years. I've had more money than I know what to do with for 20 years. I retired in 2003. Crypto was invented in 2009. So for me, I knew that what I would need to do to live my highest and best life would be to develop the technology that would allow me to live a little bit longer. So in 2006, I was volunteering for the SENS Foundation in Cambridge, UK. That's where I met Aubrey de Grey and some other cool, cool guys. And I thought, all right, I'll make this a mission of my life. I'm going to go and try and raise money for longevity research. And what I found out was everyone hates it. No one likes it. They think that you turn 50 or they think that you turn 80 and just stay 80 for a while longer. doesn't work like that. You just stay young longer. You don't stay old young longer. And, you know, it, it was just like bashing my head against a wall. I have grew a big beard to try and look older because I was so young at the time. You know, I might've been like 26, 27 years old, something like that. And uh, it was just too hard. I was like, screw it. I'd rather just travel the world and live in a hotel for five years and just have fun because this was too hard. And then, you know, I tried to write, I wrote the Vive book to try and create people of similar mind to me. That's like, here, I'm going to teach you how to get rich. I'm going to teach you how to find love. I'm going to teach you how to do everything that I know how to do that's good. And then hopefully if I fill your cup up, then it floweth over and you'll want more. You'll be like, yeah, okay, well, I've already got, I've already got the great quality of life. So what's left? Quantity of life. They multiply by each other. So this is, this is the meaning of life to me. If you were only alive for a second, probably wouldn't have developed friends, probably wouldn't have developed a personality, not useful. And if you were alive, but you're in infinite pain, also not useful. And so what you need is health span, which is hours of healthy life and quality of life. And we're far into diminishing returns on quality. Like these watches, they don't even time, tell time well. Burgers aren't getting any better. We're the limiting factor. Our taste buds aren't good enough. Movies, mm, maybe some now of them are worse. a little bit better. Maybe nah, they're getting worse. Yeah, right. <laughs> I so, disagree. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, man, I've seen sequels some bad ones. after sequels, jump cuts everywhere. Sequels are Watch horrible. old movies. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The jump, like the Marvel movies. The sequels are the worst. Those are like, some of the better ones. Like, they're mostly sadly, worse than that. That's yeah. how you know that you're an A-list actor yep. when you're a superhero at some point. Yeah, right. 
So, so the point is like, if the meaning of life is to increase the quality times quantity and you're far into diminishing returns on quality, you, you have like really easy gains to be made in the, in the quantity side, which no one's working on, but you go, Richard, wait a second. Isn't everyone working on that? No, no one's working on it. Let me explain. 80% of people die from cancer, or heart disease, 40% each. If you cured cancer, people live only three years longer. That doesn't make any sense. It kills 40% of people. But if you cure it, people only live three years longer. Why? Because of telomeres. So basically, nah, there's like the length of the that. telomeres is the argument. I don't know. That's what it's not I've that. heard. It's not that. So, so like, for example, it, when they try to lengthen the length of the telomeres, as it gets shorter, basically, there's a limit to them. And then once they run out, from my understanding, yeah, uh, but the they cells do that begin to, to prevent die. you from dying of cancer. So exactly. The, the, so, so yeah. in so, lab rats, they 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 lengthen them and they get cancer. And funny enough, actually, I don't know if you know this. In laboratory mice, most of them have been all bred with each other yes. to the point that yep. they all have longer, longer yep. telomeres. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah they're, they're they're not a good. Not I mean, good. the guy that the guy that discovered that was uh, Brett Weinstein. Yeah. Exactly. So the 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 issue is the reason that you only live three years longer is because a decaying system causes the pathology of cancer. And it also at the same time causes the pathology of heart disease and stroke and Alzheimer's and the decaying system. If you cure one of the side effects, it just, you just get the next one. So the problem is the decaying system and the band-aids that people are trying to put in them just compress morbidity. So you're, you die at the same age, but you get screwed up in a shorter time frame to when you die. So your life, your life, your life span hasn't increased at all. The lifespan maximum of a human is 120. It hasn't increased at all, but your life expectancy, the likelihood that you get towards 120 has increased. It's called compression of morbidity. And that's not good enough. It's really not. I want to see longer lifespan, right? Like mm -hmm. tortoises live a long time. Sharks live a long time. Whales live a long time. Clams live Jellyfish. a long time. Lobsters, yeah. jellyfish, lots of living things live a long time. Why don't we work on that technology? Now, what if Albert Einstein and Thomas Edison and Alexander Graham Bell were still alive today working hard? The world would be a better place, but they're not because they rotted and died like, you know, sacks of meat that we are. And no one's working on that. Everybody's working on everything else that doesn't matter. You want, you know, like... <laughs> We live in a world of the electron now, and that's great, but we're not made of electrons. We're made of atoms. We're the meat space. And we need more people to work on the meat space because what else is a better thing a human can do than heal another human being? It's the highest and best cause that any human being could possibly have is to heal their fellow man. And very few people are working on it. They need more money and they need to change what they're doing from band-aids on stuff where you just get the next thing anyway. So if you can do any intervention, whether it's diet, exercise, or technology like senolytics or metformin or rapamycin, any of those things, if you can get four years out of those, it's more valuable to humankind than curing cancer, which kills 40% of people, or curing heart disease, which kills 40% of people. Raw facts. And, and people don't even allocate their money properly. Breast cancer research is massively overfunded. Like if, if you look at the likelihood that you get something versus the amount of money it gets, they're mismatched. So there's so many things that we can do to be a, a better race of, of humans, a better group of creatures that you need to incentivize people to do it. So, I mean, I brag about raising 26, 5 million for charity, but I'm not actually the hero. The hero are the people that really put the money in. 
there was a guy that took $10 million of USDC from Coinbase and put it right into the Sense Foundation and told Aubrey why he did it. He said, you know, I've been watching your stuff for years and I always knew that I wanted to invest in it, but I always thought, you know, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. I'll just wait till I get a little more money. And then finally, this, this pulse sacrifice phase where he would get free tokens for, for donating to the Sense Foundation kicked him over the edge and it kicked a lot of people over the edge. I mean, he was just 10 million. There's 26.5 million so far. And their annual budget that they used to get regularly was about 2.5 million max. And then if, once in a while, Vitalik would hit him with 4 million. He did it twice. He hit him once in 2017 and he hit him once uh, maybe, four, maybe three or four months ago. But that's it. That that's all their funding. So yeah. they like they were. Let me tell you, man. If you're not for profit, and you're only making two million bucks a year, you ain't getting nothing done, man. Because you got three, you got three fifty k a year in overhead just for your three executives to keep it going. And I know because I've read the reports that they're publicly available, right? So it's, it's a registered charity. They have to report these things. So it, it's just the thing that could save all of our lives and our kids' lives and our families' lives and the rest of humankind's lives and reduce so much suffering and make the the economy so much more efficient. Now people aren't having their very expensive last year of life. Your last year of life is equal to all the rest of your years of life combined in medical expenses. And if we could delay that and keep people productive in the workforce and not rotting in a hospital, it's better for everybody. It's better for everybody. So there's massive wins to be had with healthier, happier people whose sexy time is more fun and they're not just dying and, and rotting and, and even forgetting who their friends are and who their family are. You know? I guess the and argument would be overpopulation, though, against that. that just to happens. take the other side of that. Um, like, I'll give you all the arguments. Dictators will live forever. No, they won't. They die all the time. It's a very dangerous job. Only the rich people have it. No, they won't. Cell phones, computers, rich people had to have them first. Now, look, all the plebs have exactly the same quality. Your phone and your computer are just as good as Bill Gates. Probably better, to tell you the truth. And you see him in a video, his stuff sucks. Um, what else? Overpopulation, where? Negative population growth in Europe, negative population growth in Japan. There's yeah, negative population it, growth all, the, all over it, the place. Uh, but assuming you were successful, or the Sense Foundation was successful, rather, in lengthening lives. People will uh, just screw us. It's how destructive we are. We're yeah. not destructive at all. Who do As you think species, is going to... We're not destructive at all. You don't think 90, so? I'm going to prove it to you. 99.9% of any living thing that has ever existed is permanently extinct every once in a while an asteroid comes and kills everything and who do you think the only species on this planet is that can save everything else it's us it's the humans we need to catch the asteroids early and shift them off their path or everything on this planet will die again so when i hear stories about us destroying the planet in fact we are the only people that can save it matter of fact we're so important that we even generated the concept of importance. And if we die, importance dies with us. The very idea that something matters dies with us. Yeah. So, I mean, we matter a lot. And this, no, and by no, the not, way, not that we don't. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. I, and if I you look at it, like the overcrowding thing, get an airplane. It's empty everywhere. The only places it's not totally empty are where people want to stack on top of each other because the restaurants are better. That's it. There, there's no forced overcrowding anywhere, man. There's not. It doesn't really last. Uh, like Kowloon, Walled City, 
Uh, that was super interesting watching cool documentaries looking. about 700,000 cool people, like basically per block equivalently. <laughs> like it was insane. It was super cool looking. Wish I could have gone to that. But yeah, I mean, people were happy to live there. It also kind of went away. Nothing lasts forever. That's the yeah. one thing I do know. But it would be nice to have a think, better. Think about all the energy in this universe that we live in. Is it yeah. not there for us to utilize? If you're a religious person and you're not allowed to commit suicide and God gives you the tools to save your own life and you choose not to use them, aren't you kind of committing suicide? Shouldn't you use those tools he gave you? Because the game didn't have to be this way. The game didn't have to be the way where you could improve yourself and improve your fellow man, but it is that way. And so I feel it's our obligation to do it. Yeah. So, so, so what exactly is Pulse? Is Pulse related to raising, raising money for, for the research? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to medically save people's lives. I'm trying to emotionally save people's lives. Um, the books do that. And oddly enough, Hex does it more than the books do because it gives people that were going to kill themselves something to look forward to in the future. I swear to God, it was the weirdest thing I ever seen. I yeah. never predicted that ever because I wrote books to try and help people and they didn't do anything compared to what the currency did. It was like, yeah. okay, weird. So the uh, pulse is trying to save the environment. Bitcoin only has two functions. Mine coins, which means destroy the environment. 30% of it destroys the environment. Maybe 60, 70% of it is renewable. But you can get all the security without any of those costs. See, in Bitcoin, every day, miners dump the price. And what do they buy when they sell their coins? I know because I was a miner. I used to mine full blocks on my own, 50 BTC block rewards, no pool. I would click a double, I would double click an EXE on my computer and Bitcoin would come into my, my computer back in the first quarter of 2011. I was mining on a, a Radeon 5970, dual GPU thing. And then I bought a farm of them and a bun bunch of 1650s. I, I had one of those. Those there were you go. really awesome. They were good, yeah. Back then, they were yeah. good, man. Hot. I was man, mining I used ETH to have with to put it. resistors. <laughs> really? Yeah. Man, I yeah. thought these. <laughs> well, it wasn't, I think it was a probably a, a further version. It, had to be it was later. definitely like dual cards. It no. comes with a huge heat sink. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was so later. The, I think, yeah, I was in 11. I think ETH came 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. Um, so the, the inflation that I mined out of thin air, eventually, like, people don't realize that miners just dump the price. They buy electricity and hardware, they sell coins. They don't buy coins, they sell coins. And it's funny because they all would have made more money had they just bought coins instead of mining hardware. Hmm. Mining hardware is a terrible value proposition. Yeah. So if, if you could remove miners dumping the price all the time and still have security, you have increased price performance because you have less negative externalities. It's a more efficient system. But no, I have a, a, a question. Actually. I've, seen, sure. I've seen you turn around back to Ethereum, like like Ethereum build using Ethereum before. And in the beginning, I believe you were more on the maximalist side as well. Sure, I was. Ethereum so, used to suck. It used yeah. to be garbage. So did you and not then it just stopped buy being garbage? Yeah. So as someone who created Hex, obviously you stake Hex and all of that. The mm -hmm. proof of stake obviously might have even played a role in its inspiration. But there was, was that ever anything that you had to battle? Well, Did you ever dislike proof of stake versus proof of work where, where you mine like coins versus, well, you know, Hex, hardware? I think is Hex. It, I don't know if it's the first, but it might be the first hybrid proof of stake, proof of work system. So Hex is interesting in that we use proof of work to do transactions, but not inflation. And then for inflation, you prove that you staked. It's proof of weight. So basically all HEX is, is Bitcoin with a proof of work change from burn electricity for SHA-256 mining to weight. 
we, we just replace proof of work with proof of weight. And then instead of building our own network and getting 51% attacked all the time, like Ethereum Classic does, we just piggybacked on ETH and it's worked perfectly. It's worked absolutely mm -hmm. perfectly. Yeah. While everything else has failed around us, my design worked perfectly. So you know, it's, and we're it's more funny because listening to uh, to Alex as well, I, I I think he didn't bring up the one thing that that is the primary reason I've never well I have I've held a hex because I got it for free. Some people just tipped me some and I left it there. On, I, I bet know, you did pretty good on it. I, I don't know. You did pretty good on it. <laughs> Probably the not. Price it went up three hundred eighty thousand percent, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I, I not much turns into a lot when you multiply it by four thousand. Yeah, I, I thought maybe because of not staking it, it probably didn't do anything or turn into very much nope. at all either. It went up by 4,000 without staking. With staking, it went up by like seven or 8,000. Yeah. Old. Well, that's cool. I'll check that out. But um, the main reason I didn't personally go out of my way to get more mm -hmm. or do anything, which I, I don't think he brought up at it that looked, point. It probably looked like a scam to you. probably looked like a scam. It Said still kind of does. And I, I'll tell you the only reason why. <laughs> and it's not a scam. It's more like it has a scammy potential, which is different. It could be a scam. Mm -hmm. Like like anything else. And and I'll tell you I'll tell you how it could become a scam. All right. Basically, I mean, you already know. It's just the the well, one me. account, the one account that holds huh? the 90% or whatever of hex could one day decide to sell them. But you had mentioned well, something let's... in that in that interview which was something about sister chains and them moving over there and I I, well, I don't understand well, how that on. whole thing works. Hold on. Let's I I run into this a lot and i think yeah. it's really really funny i think i can explain this into a way that gives you a paradigm shift in understanding when was the best time to buy bitcoin when satoshi owned 100 of the coins yeah when was the best time to buy facebook shares when mark zuckerberg owned 100 of the shares and i could go down this list to every single endeavor that humans have ever performed basically and you'll find that the correct time to buy them for maximal return was when they had low volume, no liquidity, and one guy owned everything. And that was the best time to buy. So when I hear these appeals to like, oh, I wish it were more decentralized, it's literally equivalent to, oh, I wish I had less opportunity. Now let's talk about the value of decentralization. A lot of people think that Bitcoin's decentralized. But when I go to Bitcoin rich list and Google it and go to BitInfo charts, I see that 42% of Bitcoin sits in 2,100 addresses. Well, that doesn't sound decentralized to me. And then let's pretend it was decentralized. Let's pretend that it was, even though it's not, but let's pretend it was. That's supposed to mean the price doesn't dump because it's decentralized. Some whale is not going to dump the price. Drop 65% in two weeks for COVID, 400 and or not even, it's been like a year, basically. So a year ago, it dropped 65% in two weeks. And then a year before that, it dropped uh, 85% over a year. So when I hear people with these noob fantasies about how ownership percentages affect the volatility of an asset, it really drives me wild because their beliefs are the literal exact opposite of any measurements I'm able to do anywhere. Elon Musk, chart goes up and to the right forever, owns 20 or 30%. SpaceX, chart goes up and to the right forever, massive centralized ownership. Every single successful endeavor that human beings participate in has absolutely massively centralized control and ownership every single time. And that includes the United States where 1% owns 50% of the stuff. And so I don't, I mean, I, I think I know where it came from. I think where people decided that capitalism didn't work and that socialism worked is when they, they learned about 
proof of work consensus networks and, and having to have censorship resistance. And then you have to have variety in the network and robustness in the network, and it needs to be decentralized. And then somehow people screwed up and said, you know, that decentralization that works well in the network, that now somehow applies to ownership percentages. And they all get wrecked because of it. It doesn't make any sense. It's the literal opposite of what is true. The most centralized things I, go up the, the most, always. I think part of it is just due in crypto specifically to the BitConnect mentality. Well, how so many people got rug pulled basically in the entire network, which is different as well because you're really different. That, that's is, a, that was a scam. They lied about everything. Yeah. They said they, there's a they trading lied about there's having no a trading bot. bot. Yeah. And they own the right. website. Like, I mean, they controlled everything basically, whereas at least yours is on the Ethereum network and you can track the coins and no, but, it's, enjoying the liquidity of Ethereum as well. Well, the thing is, it's the like the rest of the network. The yeah. analogy holds that it really just is Bitcoin with a proof of work change and different miners, ETH miners instead of Bitcoin miners. That's all it is. There's no referral program. Can't be an MLM. There's no Ponzi. It doesn't promise you US dollars. It promises you hacks. And who pays them to you? You pay them to yourself, just like a Bitcoin miner. But isn't now, it is the it same a as a Ponzi? Whether it's fiat well, then, or not? Then, then you know what? The, the S&P 500 is also Ponzi. Oh, absolutely. And then, so let's go into <laughs> It's that. all a Ponzi. All of it is a Ponzi. Well, but I mean- I mean, everything the, technically can be a Ponzi. These nuances are important. The difference between a Ponzi and a bubble and a, an MLM pyramid scheme, these are important nuances and differences. So I'll, I'll, I'll teach, I'll, I'll just tell you the ones that I know you don't know that I think you'd be excited by. So people think that when you put your money in the bank, your money gets lent out and then you make interest. People believe that. You probably believe that. No? Okay. You want to put my, well, I mean, partially, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's I mean, what you people put believe. It, you put it I, in I'm there. I'm willing to bet you think they, that that's what happens. They don't take Because that's what money. everyone thinks. No, absolutely not. They're just numbers on a screen and they print well, out No, it's even whatever. weirder than that. It's even weirder than that. Yeah, yeah. Let me you know see, your take on They it. never lend your money out. They will never lend your money out. And your money, that when you give it to the bank, is a liability, not an asset. It's, uh, it goes on that side of the balance sheet. The reason they never lend your money out is because they can make a lot more money using your money as a reserve right. to borrow a multiple of it from the government at rates that are absurdly low. And so then the money that actually gets lent out is inflation from the government. And then the yield that you get is inflation from the government. And so in a bank, you, you do not get paid for lending your money out. You get paid for lending out the free inflation for the government and making the government's little excuse that they make up and change all the time where they keep lowering the reserve rates necessary. So, and then people, because people look at hacks and they're like, oh, well, they you became just zero last year at 1.2 during COVID. Wow, crazy. I, I, I believe they brought them back. Absurd. Yeah, they were zero. I, I made a, hard, a harp about it. Yeah. No. Anyway. Which, so, so the point is like, when you look at a system that's closed, and you say, oh, Bitcoin's garbage. It's a Ponzi because that nobody pays for a service. It has no base demand. It's just a speculative Ponzi scheme. It'll all go to zero eventually. Who says this? Noriel Rubini, Peter Schiff, Nassim Taleb, wrecked plebs. Now, okay, Nassim's made more money than those other two guys. Not all wrecked plebs. Um, so it, the, the issue is I teach people things that they didn't otherwise know that are super interesting in that in this world that we live in, your yield in your bank is not from lending your coins out. It is from inflation. Your yield as a shareholder in Coca-Cola is not from people selling sugary drinks. It's from inflation. And here's the math on that. You go buy a Coca-Cola from a, a vending machine. 
your money never gets to the people that own shares unless two things happen. They do a stock buyback or they do a dividend. And I can tell you that when you look at a chart of the S&P 500 that only goes up and to the right forever, basically, it drops every occasionally 10 or 20 years, 50%. And that's it. Oh, the global financial crisis, big whoop. You did a 50% drop. Who cares? We did a 65% for the COVID dip in Bitcoin. So when, when you have a chart that only goes up and to the, the right forever, it is not because they're paying out a lot of dividends. It is not because they're paying out a lot of stock buybacks. It is because greater fools are buying. And guess what? It makes them not fools because they're getting rich and they're maintaining the value of their purchasing power. The only people that are actually fools in this greater fool system are the people that are sitting on cash. Those people are getting annihilated because after you, you go to- <clears throat> Yeah, the, the, I find it more difficult to, to bash Hex in any way, partially because it's kind of proven itself at this point as far as, far as a smart contract in the sense that uh, it obviously hasn't been hacked and nobody's been able to take it down. The other point being that I guess, I guess a big fear, especially early on for folks, was just the price dumping because of those 90%. Ultimately, Well, it has dumped multiple times. I mean, the yeah, price yeah, has been that. murdered five or six or seven times. I mean, it's dropped and, and 70% like six yeah. times. Sure. That's mm-hmm. in the game. Where do you think the yield comes from? Where, it's a closed system. Where do you think the profit comes from? It comes from two places. People buying tops and selling bottoms and locking their losses in. Who got their money? Somebody else. That's the same for all speculative instruments, by the way. The second place it comes from is that paper gains are real gains. This is another thing that I teach people that no one else will teach you. Paper gains are real gains. If you try to sell all the houses in the world at once, they all go to zero. If you try and sell all the shares of stock at once, they all go to zero. If everyone tries to withdraw their money at the bank at once, it all goes to zero. So in fact, every real thing that we have is is actually probabilistic. So your paper gains in crypto are roughly as real as your paper gains in stocks are roughly as real, right? And then you've got things like the Flynn effect or something, the longer it's been around, the longer it will be around. And then you've got the sharp ratio, which is the amount of volatility that you pay in order to get appreciation. So there's, there's other metrics that you can look at, but understanding that everything to some degree is just paper gains is very, very important. Yeah, I, I suppose. It, and by paper, you mean unrealized gains? or do you Every, mean Everybody can't sell. And I don't care what it is. If everyone sells, it goes to zero. Everybody sells all the gold at once, it goes to zero. Yeah. So everything is a probabilistic guess on what the future value of an asset will be compared to its current value. So if you, if you take something like BitConnect, what was the ratio of people that were going to hear it that did hear about it? And the ratio was screwed. Every, it, it got so big that everyone heard about it. And then who's the next guy to buy in? It's the same with Bitcoin. Oh, the world's richest guy bought. Guess what, homie? It's time for a bear market now. You got him. You got his money. Now you got to give him a chance to sell the bottom because who's going to buy after him? <laughs> so like Michael Saylor buys a couple billion. Elon Musk buys a couple billion. Michael Saylor has a big show to try and get a bunch of other people to buy with their corporate treasuries and no one buys. Nobody bought. <laughs> and then Tesla tries to sell cars. I think they sold one car. I, I literally no, heard the number that they sold. Were there? Okay. Yeah. I maybe the, maybe people. I didn't hear a good number then. Yeah. And there were a lot of refunds from my understanding immediately after, but some people, I mean, okay. through with it. I don't, I don't, well, I I don't mean, know. Look, I don't know the good number on that. So I'm not, not yeah, going yeah, to die. Not that exactly. all. No. Yeah. So, so my point is like, I have these unique, awesome perspectives about markets and cryptocurrency that no one else has. And my vision of reality is dominating. I called the top on the day. I called I the Bitcoin top on the day and posted the chart. You, yeah. Yeah. It was okay. the easiest call ever. 
we fell how, out of the did, parabola. How did you phrase it? How did you we phrase fell it yourself? I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Okay. All right. Hold on. I go to richardhart.com because I brag so, about myself here. Oh, you're click. talking about the, the recent dump or are we talking about? I'm talking about 65K. I called the top at 20K oh, and okay, 65K. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I could click you and read it or I could just tell you. It's up to you. Yeah. You I have it here. Right, I, well, I uh, My screen share never works properly. I clicked it, it anyway. Me well, here, I'll send, let me send you this, the link. I'll send you the link. All right, cool. And now all you got to do is look at the time it was posted and then match it to the time on the chart to see it was contemporaneous. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you, you saw the parabola shifting. Is that kind of how you... Yeah, I, I drew it on the chart. I literally drew the picture. I'm like, green line up, red line yeah. down. Hey, guys, Bitcoin's amazing run. It's all just right, like when well, you have a startup and you're like our amazing journey you're like yeah they're leaving they're doing something new now and so are then you I still in the are you still in the yeah. bull market mode or are you are you no it's over alignment that you think we're it's in a over? bull trap now yeah this is a bull oh. trap oh. we're gonna go test maybe 48 50 51 and then we'll make new lows that's my opinion that's, okay that's cool and i'm happy to see it because people that are sacrificing right now they're getting higher value for the sacrifice so so the you don't foundations getting more money you don't buy any of the S2X stuff, stock to flow model or whatever. That is garbage. S2F, yeah. It, it failed co-integration. So like basically the guy that came up with that idea was interrogated by Eric Wall and was just like, okay, when will you know it's wrong when it fails co-integration? And then it mm. failed. And then they're like, pretended it didn't happen. Another thing, it's like when you were telling me like, you know, you know, maybe Hex still sucks or whatever. The thing I want to say is, I didn't say it still know? sucks. I said, well, I, just, I, I said there's potential you, always. Like sure. if let's say, let's say those 90% or whatever were immediately sold to the market, then Hex might be a good buy at that point, just from a trading perspective, because yeah, all the coins are dispersed, price has already crashed. And then I, I, I have more <laughs> faith that, that unless that person bought their own coins back let, immediately let, let, let's do Let's play a fan fiction theory here. Well, well, the one thing I just want to say, science progresses by having a falsifiable thesis, which means that you need to know when you're wrong so if you're willing to say that something is a way you need to make the negative inverse statement which is how will i know when it wasn't that way so that i can learn from that experience so people say things and then they never check back on the history and they never learn from whether their guess was right or wrong or not mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it's just if you're going to say like if you're going to say like heck sucks for any reason i just want you to know and measure at what point you'll be like oh actually it, it, it won you know because you gotta like look peter schiff should have already figured out that Bitcoin won, but he, he just has. hasn't figured it out yet. He's using it for clout. He already Maybe. has. Sure. Yeah, it's possible. I don't want to accuse That's him of being theory. that smart because yeah, I dislike yeah. him so. <laughs> so like, you know, yeah. he's good cop, bad cop with his kid buying and him selling. And you're like, okay, good, good job, bro. Um, so where were we? We were talking inflation, macro. We were talking. Bible theses. Mm -hmm. And then. What do you, dips. what do you. What do you think about Trace Mayer and his disappearance? Oh, oh the I fan fiction theory. Listen, yeah, yeah, that's right. We can jump to that. Let me tell you the theory. Let me tell you the fan fiction I hear. Please. The fan fiction that I hear is that I made a million Ethereum. Vitalik only has 300,000. The fan fiction is that I made a million Ethereum in, in the adoption amplifier and that I own 90% all the coins. Now, let me ask you a question. If it were true that I had a million Ethereum, why would I need to sell Hex ever? Why? I like hex price being up. It makes me feel good. When price yeah. when hex price is not up, I don't feel well, good. That's been the test the whole time. I mean, like assuming <laughs> you own them, then my thought would be the smartest thing to do would be to hold it and not do anything like that for well, in perpetuity. And obviously, well, that would be the. You just, I mean, let's say. But we know we've seen game theory theoretical uh, optimal play for a person that had ninety percent of supply of something 
is to continue to make that thing awesome until it's so liquid that if they ever want to do something, they could. Right. Like, in crypto, you see the opposite. You see people taking the quick cash oftentimes so dumb. running away. I've been retired for 20 years. I don't do that. I've been retired 20 years. I've been retired for 20 years. And by the way, do you know how much money has come in in the uh, sacrifice phase? No. 600 million. It's a lot. 400 million of hex, 220 million of stable, 18 million. It's actually, I underestimated it. It's, it's, when this hex was sacrificed, it was worth more. It was worth like 600 million, but then the price dipped. So now it's 400 million. And the, uh, the stables are at 220. The, the Bitcoin's at 18 million, a million on Litecoin, a million on Monero, 2.5 million in Bitcoin cash. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of coins that can be sacrificed. And then you look and you're like, okay, this address, it receives tons of coins. It sells them all for stables, but it just holds the hex. Now, what do you think that does to the hex price? Now, I have no expectation of work of others or profit from it. But I'm just saying what I see on chain is that it looks like everything else is getting dumped, but the hex isn't. Mm -hmm. Hmm, Interesting. That seems kind of cool if you're a hex holder, I guess, right? But once again, I have no expectation of profit from the work of others. I have to say this all the time. And, yeah, and of course. I do the opposite of what other people do. You know what other people do? Let's take Alex Saunders. They tell you a story and then they get your money and then they just steal the money. I do the opposite. I don't tell any stories. You want to look about Pulse? Code's done. Go on the GitLab. It's done. Hex, launch, done. Every, like The things that I talk about, usually they're done, right? So I do the opposite of what all these scammers do, selling you these hopes and dreams I don't even make price call. I'll talk to you about price calls in Bitcoin and price calls in Ethereum, but I'll never talk to you about price calls in Hex. <clears throat> yeah. I had a phone call there or text or something. Cool. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit about actually uh, Trace Mayer. What did you think about that? Just like a, a blurb. Like why, did, why do you think he completely disappeared besides obviously the Mimble Wimble coin and all that drama? Do you think he'll be like, have you heard anything at all from him? Because I haven't gotten a response. So here's, here's my opinion on that. Yeah, I just want to know. The Bitcoin community on public communication channels is violently toxic. Violently. It's insane. And I used mm-hmm. to be on that team and it was fun when I was on it. But then when you're like, hey, guys, we need to actually change our worldview because what we've got ain't working and what other people has is working. They're not down for it. And, and so everyone in cryptocurrency, the cypherpunks, cares about anonymity. They care about it. It matters. This is to free us from government control. This is to give us power over our own lives. I just had my, my YouTube channel banned yesterday and then unbanned. It oh, ain't a good YouTube? feeling, man. That happens to It YouTube. ain't a good feeling. No? Yeah, it happened to me. Yeah, right during the stream. Deleted. Yeah. They just yeah. deleted the whole channel. I didn't even get three warnings or two warnings. Yeah, yeah. They just deleted what, the whole channel. How did you get it back? How did you appeal that? What, I mean, did they Twitter. Did you get a response? Yeah, Twitter. No, nah, I didn't even mess with any of that. It's just Twitter. I'm afraid to mess with any of that because I think it will shift you into another platform where they can't help you. Oh. I think if you like try to appeal, they, they'll put you in the no man's land where no one can help you is what mm-hmm. it feels like. But th- this is basically, I ain't going to say the word, but it starts with a T and it ends with RISM violent random attacks against people that are unsuspecting that harmed them and and it's all you're always wondering what is it was it something that was said what it was something that was done and you no, you just, it just happens to everybody it's totally random it's not the titles in your text it's not the it's not what you say it's not you know i still try and i still try and avoid certain words for luck 
I, I think it is like what you say as well. I mean, they have the, the subtitling system set up something. already. So they're, they're, they're analyzing what words you're using and probably using AI to figure out what you're talking about. And now they have automatic chapters too. I don't know if you've seen that thing supposedly. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you, I haven't cursed a single time on the show and that is roughly a miracle for me. Yeah. Roughly a miracle. I yeah. have a potty mouth. I got to figure out how to push a button. Let me see. I don't know. I could. Oh, I, could, I guess I can continue. I'm to, uh, sure you can come up with something. I think the, the one that got you was the hex scam one. Your face kind of shifted there a little bit. It's just I, I, we won. <laughs> like we won. We won. I'm so tired of hearing that one. Like, yeah, people, people talk. Oh, here's. Oh, wait, hold on. When rug pull. That's my favorite one. Oh, yeah. yeah. People. So the fan fiction when rug pull. But let me ask you the other question. I'm showing you how to inverse things. Right. So so you, you have your thesis and then you have your antithesis. You have your your art and you have your negative space in the art. And so what about a magic carpet ride? You never hear about that. If you were a really rich guy and you liked something, maybe you would buy more of it. That doesn't seem like a giant fan fiction theory to me. That seems like what Amazon does when they they're like when Apple does when they do a stock buyback, they're reinvesting. Well, they're kind of distributing profits to their users, but they are reinvesting in their own company to some degree. And so would you punish founders for reinvesting in their own company? If, if Jeff Bezos said, you know what? I made money on this other thing. I want to put it into Amazon. People would be like, scam, scam. No, you're not allowed to buy only us. It's just silly. Like I just, <laughs> which is it guys? Do you think I have a million ETH or do you think I need to rug pull you? And how come I never hear about the magic carpet ride? It's crazy. Hmm. Have no expectation of profit from me or work for me. Thank you. <clears throat> but you never hear about the magic carpet ride. I had to come. Well, my community came up with the term. I guess the, opposite the big of test pull. was uh, is uh, Richard smart enough to not rug pull? I guess that's the big the big one. And How's it working in out that so way, far? In that way, it's working. It's 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 it's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's ah! been okay. I'm up three hundred eighty thousand percent on my five bucks <laughs> before staking, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know Ken Bozak has been like super boasting. Yeah, anyway. I think he's got like I, 150 I'm, look, grand I, out of his like. I've I've always been something. happy for people to make money. Like I just my, what I do is I don't like I don't care about money. I've been like that for a while. My thing is about stuff that I think will be impactful. So I actually <laughs> find what you're doing with Pulse Thanks, to be man. pretty imp- impactful. Um, well, so like ETH, I wait saw till I tell really you about Pulse. I haven't even told you about Pulse, man. Yeah. I didn't even tell you about it yet. It's good. Yeah, yeah. it's real good. You want to yeah. hear about it? Sure. All right. It's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was just, yeah, no, I'll come. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Tell me about Pulse. So imagine, okay, what's the biggest problem? There's only three full blockchains, Ethereum, Matic, BSC. What are Matic and BSC? Forks of Ethereum. Okay. Oh, I guess Bitcoin's full too. Four, four full blockchains. All the other blockchains are empty. Nobody's using them. Empty. Just speculative comedy. We're going to have smart contracts before ADA. We're going to beat Ethereum 2.0 to market with a better feature set that's more secure as well. Hilarious. So the biggest so problem- whole blockchain. With, Pulse is a whole yeah. blockchain and it's going to be- It's a fork of, of Ethereum. It's a fork of Ethereum and the it's code's already on GitHub, and, but it's not released, GitLab, it's not yeah. live yet. Well, we're fighting it. So, you know, we have our public, we have our private test net running, works great. And then they're running all these changes because they're doing this EIP 1559 and this fork that's coming up, like, maybe this week it's soon like super super soon the uh the london fork last one was the berlin fork and so they just keep pushing these like changes and we're having like roll with the punches a little bit and so we're having to we're massaging the network to be able to make it public and it's just a fight right because the geth software it's not actually that good like we have a lot of improvements to make to it we've already had some of those 
we had one of our improvements accepted into the main Geth Ethereum repository. Mm-hmm. So, for, for everyone that's listening, um, Geth is 90% of all Ethereum nodes. And so, when you use Ethereum, you're actually using Geth. The remaining 10% that are open Ethereum nodes called Parity, which is no longer supported and no longer developed, they have Besu, just, they have like Nethermind or some other thing. They have a lot. I mean, there are quite a few now. Nobody uses at least for At least for clients for Ethereum 2.0. Um, so doesn't help they, us on ETH 1.0. So the 10% of nodes, the, the parity ones, those are just for stat sites. They're the only guys that mm-hmm. use those. All the miners yeah, use Yeah, they Gath. abandoned it for Polkadot. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> my thing, right. yeah. Yep. And, and Geth will be, well, anyway. So there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's only five guys that maintain Geth. So when you hear that Ethereum has 10,000 developers, those 10,000 developers are building things which make the lives of the five guys that keep Geth running harder. And Geth is Ethereum. So everyone thinks that Ethereum is like this powerhouse, you know, this indomitable force. It's really just five guys keeping it alive. And one of them, Peter Seligi, I'm not sure his last name, how to pronounce it. He's like the hero of keeping Ethereum alive. And they don't have enough funding to even hire the people that they want to hire because the people that they want to hire instead get bought up by guys like me, the mm-hmm. Ethereum killers. But I'm not an Ethereum killer. I'm an Ethereum helper. I'll, I'll explain how. So we are able to improve Geth and other people are able to improve it and it needs help and there's only five guys working on it. So if you're an open source guy and you want to make Geth better, please do. It would be great. But they're just mostly maintaining it. I mean, like for I mean, all the yeah. developers who are really developing are really focused, I think, on like all those mostly. other clients on Ethereum 2.0. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, that that's the big thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. So, well, we, so we, we, are, we forked it. We forked Geth, just like BSC forked Geth, just like Matic forked Geth. Mm-hmm. We switched it to proof of work, just like Matic did, or proof of stake, just like Matic did, just like BSC did. And we brought to the table a couple of extra awesome things. So why am I mentioning BSC and Matic? Because they both did very well. There's $8 billion of coins sitting on Matic that they could steal whenever they want because they have an admin key. Now, by steal, I mean freeze forever. I don't think they could just send them to themselves, but they can lock them forever. So there's an admin key that can lock forever $8 billion of stuff that's on Matic. That's the opposite of why cryptocurrency was invented. USDC, I'm pretty sure, is the exact same way. It's there so that they can literally Yeah, but it has to be lists. that way. That has yeah, to be that way. That's the banker the, the, the Matic one doesn't have to be that way. No. They don't need, well, that, they, they don't need that ability at all. Maybe they, they're they're doing it because of future regulation concern that they might have to do something. Is that like where you that want to put your survive. money? Uh, not I. Money? I'm just positing why they might even want to do that. Yeah. But yeah, let's not make excuses for them. Every time we see admin keys, we see horror. Every time, it's the reason crypto was invented was to get rid of counterparty risk. It's the only reason it was invented was to but get the, rid of counterparty to, risk. To go back to hex, doesn't that uh, kind of def- like counteract against your point of ninety percent being held by one person? Not no, really- because that he doesn't own it. He can just steal it. It's different. People do, like. Yeah, I see. I, I see how you're. It's 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 a little different. But There's yeah. no admin keys in hex. There's not. Yeah, yeah. If you want to cut off your nose to spite your face, that's a bad move. It's why miners don't 51 percent attack the chain all the time. It's why Elon Musk doesn't decide to sell below market his shares just to hurt everybody else because it hurts him. People act in their own best interest. You what is in the best the smart interest? Test Richard, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. You had you have some sort of brain on your shoulders, unlike yeah. you know we would expect for a lot of people. Well, what, what the guy, those guys that don't own those eight billion, what's in their best interest is to take it. 
So like, like you just, so, so our, our bridge will not have this admin key silliness, just like Uniswap used to not have ad, admin key silliness. Then they have been adding more of it over time, which is kind of sucky. Um, and then the problem with BSC is one, it's actually, it's like 20 cents to do a transaction on there now because it filled up. Two, it has twice the attack surface because it's a dual chain system. It doesn't have its own native token. So the native token of BSC, their Ethereum fork, is BNB on the Binance chain, a Cosmos Tendermint chain. And so if either of those chains has a failure, they go down. They also, so in our coin, we burn 25% of the fees and we have no inflation. In BNB, there's no algorithmic burning. Every once in a while, some guy in China decides he might burn some coins, maybe, and then that is set to stop once half the supply is burnt and almost it's almost burnt already. So they're not going to have fee burn soon and it's not algorithmic and it's twice the attack surface. And so we have superior technological properties to both Matic and BSC. And here's the kicker. Here's the real kicker. So all three of those projects save the environment because they don't have proof of work. All three of those projects have massively uh, higher throughput than Ethereum by like 10 or 20x. We have the largest airdrop in history. So instead of Uniswap getting forked and making PancakeSwap and BSC rich, and instead of QuickSwap on Matic getting rich, instead of Uniswap getting rich, Uniswap is on our chain. So those founders have a chance to get rich because instead of the copycats, no, look, there'll still be copycats that do very well. I'm probably going to copy Unity 2 as well, right? So fine. But these guys at least have a chance to be in the game. Because Uniswap's not making any money on BSC and Uniswap's not making any money on Matic, but the copycats are. Mm-hmm. And what if your coin that's priced out on Ethereum, it's too, it's too expensive for you to function. Like I hear Decentraland is wrecked. Like their gas costs are so high that like you just can't do anything. Those guys have a chance with us because you'll be able to transact for cheaply here and it's the exact same code with lower fees and higher throughput and lower latency and better for the environment. It's the world's largest airdrop. You got USDC, you're going to have USDC here. Now, will it be worth a dollar? I don't know. Tether got fractionally reserved when the Polish bank seized $650 million of their dollars out of a, on the behest of the Polish government. And they were fractionally reserved and they made up the difference by having a token sale with the LEO token. But it held its peg and it was fractionally reserved and it held its peg. And so the question is, how fractionally reserved can it get? Can it go to zero fractional reserve? Maybe. And here's the funny part. How like is that maybe? <laughs> sure. And people say it's backed by guns. You're like, it was backed by guns. It would go up in value, not down. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't backed by anything or else it would stop going down. So I think a lot of things could break for sure if they're not maintained well enough after forking. But oh, uh, it'll oh, be yeah, interesting as, a, as an experiment to watch. Well, the USDC guys it's... have an admin key. They can invalidate yeah. all the coins, but then their yeah, users will probably exactly. sue them for screwing them. Well, and then yeah, do they want do they want sued by other users? It's, it's going to be fascinating then because we haven't seen a real major Ethereum fork since Ethereum Classic. And I think right. probably when, when we get Ethereum 2.0, there'll probably be another one. Um, probably. But it'll if be you ever get Ethereum 2.0. Yeah. You want to hear what's wrong with Ethereum 2.0? What's wrong? First, you want to write some new code that hasn't had a bunch of battle testing and people have lost a lot of money on it, like Ethereum's code that we have now. You're going to learn all those experiences again. People are going to lose money on that new chain. They're going to find where the bugs are and money's going to get lost. Beta testing new software sucks. Making very slight alterations to improve what we already have and is battle tested is a superior method. Second, 
the design that they put for their staking is rubbish. It is garbage. It's already lost over two, $200 million has already been lost to their staking model. In Ethereum 2.0, currently, you need to have $70,000 to buy yourself a network admin job. So if you have $70,000, which is 34 Ethereum, you can buy yourself a network admin job by staking it, which gives you the right yeah. to be, sorry, 32. No, no worries. I appreciate it. I, I had it wrong. Um, so if you have 32 Ethereum, now you can be a validator. And what does be a validator mean? You can go set up network hardware on infrastructure, what doesn't go down. If it goes down, you lose money. If a cosmic ray from the sun does a bit flip in your CPU, you lose money. And so now you, you cost you 70, 70 grand to buy a job and you might lose money now. And so but what does everyone would, do? There could be a consensus agreement in the event of some giant flare or something to get people oh, no, no, money no, no, back. No, 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 it's not a, <laughs> it's a very rare occurrence. He's, I mean, if you put your servers under a body of water, it happens very rarely, but the, the server architecture <laughs> to do that is hard. So the, the, the issue is that even if you have 100% uptime, you bought yourself a job and you have a bill, you have a server you've got to pay for and network connectivity you've got to pay for. And to pay 70 grand to buy a job, people aren't interested. So you know what they do? They give their money to somebody else and you say, you validate for me. And what happens? Those guys steal the money. So 100,000 Ethereum were already the keys lost. They literally lost the keys. Wait, when did this happen? I missed this entire thing. I think it was called Fireblocks. Fireblocks oh. did custody. <laughs> <laughs> custody, custody. Now, why was Bitcoin invented? Why was cryptocurrency invented? To put you in the control of your money and to get rid of middlemen. And so what does Ethereum 2.0's design do? It mandates mandatory middlemen and people are going to lose money over and over and over again. It's disgusting. They already, they don't even exist yet. Ethereum 2.0 doesn't even exist yet. And people lost $200 million on it already. Hex solves this. We have delegated proof of stake. You hold your keys forever. You don't let go of your keys. You can delegate your stake to somebody else and they will validate and reward you with a percentage of the rewards. And you don't got to buy a server and you don't got to learn to be a server admin and you don't got to take your keys out of your wallet and give them to somebody else. It's better. It's obviously better. Well, there's Rocket Pool coming out for Ethereum. I mean, there's so much being built on Ethereum. Again, like you mentioned, those 10,000 developers, whatever, but, building and making But we're building on Ethereum. Five people. But they're building really we cool are Ethereum. <laughs> we are also Ethereum. It's yeah. the same code, but better. Okay. So the uh, same guys are calling me, effect. telling me. N network effect. What yeah, about that? Yeah, and BSC disproved that. B I would not have known that this could have yeah, worked. if number Except BSC showed matters. me that it worked. Okay. And then Matic did the same thing and it worked again. And we're doing the same thing, but better than either of those with the world's largest airdrop. It, it, like, it's just awesome. Like, I, I know I, it. I'm, like, I'm fascinated about that airdrop idea. I mean, airdrop, it's really just a copy a like, of, of every single coin. And your keys that just you work. Have. <laughs> your keys yeah. work. You don't have to do anything. You just go into MetaMask and click where it says mainnet Ethereum and click it and click custom and type a new URL and click OK. And all of your coins are just sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's like, it's really cool. Yeah. If you have the demand and, and I mean, if trading does blow up, obviously they'll have some sort of value, especially some of these bigger coins. I wonder how much the DAO tokens are selling for. I was just wondering. I got to go on Uniswap. I wonder if somebody's made a pool for DAO tokens. I'm like super curious. Or yeah. you could create a pool for <laughs> be a liquidity provider. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like thinking out loud. Min here. Minimum viable launch is a Uniswap front end. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and have my own like, 
fork done of Uni V2, but whether I do or not, you're going to have main, you're going to have a front end for normal Uniswap period. That's going to yeah. happen. That's minimum viable bridge to Ethereum. So you can get fiat in and out because they got pairs listed all over the place. So in the beginning, and it's very important, this launches at zero value. So people don't get a tax bill. If you receive a bunch of money, you might owe some tax. But if you don't receive any money, what you receive is just coins that are worthless. Yeah, they're all You don't owe any tax. And then they can accrue value later. And then you can have capital gains if you ever sell or incur some other tax event. So it's a really awesome design. Really, really awesome design. So like when we launch minimum viable, go to hex.com works because a lot of hexagons uh, love Pulse. I've seen Pulse tattoos. Pulse doesn't even exist yet. I've seen two, three Pulse tattoos. Maybe I think it's three, but maybe two. Um, that's crazy. You know, we've only got like, I don't know, 14 or 20 hex tattoos I've seen. And then, so go to hex.com has to work for eHex and PHEX, Ethereum and Pulse, Uniswap front end, bridge, no admin keys, bridge to Ethereum. And that's it. That's your minimum viable launch right there. Are you going to run the, the front end? Uh, I'm curious. Which front oh, end? For, for Uniswap, as in uh, like to make sure that I already, portal, I already, at least I already have portal. one. I already have yeah. one for V2 now. Like you can go to ethex.com and we upgraded. Uh, we got rid of all their uni shilling garbage and just strip that away and then put uh, Hex as the primary pair there so you don't have to like, oh, add a list and all this crap. You know, that's what you're how supposed many, to do. That's what open source software have, was designed for. Yeah. How many people do you currently have contributing code at least to that? I mean, I've got like four really good devs and a bunch of like, I don't know, like, three or four guys that help out a lot, but they're not full-time guys. Yeah. And it's, see, the thing is like, I could go on a hiring spree right now, but the issue is then I'm going to load my existing guys with training the new guys and everything's so close that I'd rather just let them finish, you know, cause it's so close. So for things like, for things like the, the Uniswap fork, you know, I've got a quote in from two different guys and then, if, if, if it doesn't look right, then I'm just going to have my existing team do it, you know, because yeah. they're going to have free time shortly. This is a way more complicated launch than Hex from what I can understand. I mean, this is a whole, I mean, it's not something that it will obviously be too stressful maybe to you. I don't alone, know, man. This but, seems easier to me. I agree yeah. with you that like when you think about it, you're like launching a new consensus network seems <laughs> yeah. like it should be harder. Of, but of I'm telling you that this is like going really good. It's going really well. Yeah. Well, like, I'm excited I, to see it. I mean, I, I am yeah. interested to see what comes out of Pulse's launch and what, how that develops for sure. When do you hope to, to launch it? I'm sure that's a common I mean, I was, I was hoping to get Testnet this week, but this week is now rapidly ending. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess it's going to be next week. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so close, man. Is like, it an incentivized a Testnet or anything like that? Or how does that well, work? The private Testnet has been up forever. And then we deployed the server infrastructure to make it public. And then you run into like, like if you've ever tried to use the IAM system inside AWS, bro, I'm a smart guy, but I'm not smart enough to hack it. Can't do it. I tried. I can't hack it. Yeah. So if you, if I dare you, if you have an AWS account to like click the IAM, uh, the IAM tab, the access manager tab, bro, it's impossible. It is so complicated. Yeah. You, that's like, it's terrible. So you know, you run into little things like that. You're like, oh, well, I thought it would be easier to provision these network services. So, you know, and then I got to hand that to somebody else to do it because I couldn't. Um, 
but other than that, I mean, it's the guy, the guy that's handling the architecture has handled large architecture before and has it set to scale. And he kind of overdid the test net. Like the test net is basically built to main net spec. Cause if I were to do, if it were just me and I were doing the test net, I'd be like, it's a test net. Who cares if it goes down? Chuck it on one server with no load balancing and just go. And if it falls over, then get another server and load balance them, but don't preemptively optimize. But my team is kind of more like anal, only want to do things perfect or don't do them at all kind of thing. And I don't want to, I don't want to try and change the way they work because they're killing it so well. So I'm happy to just wait the extra six days for them to do all their sick load balancing, you know, madness. And I'm like, fine, you know, you want all these clusters, do it. Sure. So, hope I never have to log in there to maintain them, though. <laughs> yeah. What does what does the architecture look like to get uh, the higher throughput? And how well, how do you hope to make it a more secure system, having proof of stake before even Ethereum 2.0 launches? Like, what is, well, we already I mean, know what, it works because yeah. BSC and Matic are working with it. So, like a lot of this, a lot stuff. of these parameters were already, a lot of these parameters were known to be good to us because those two networks are doing volume and it's working. And then some things we had to figure out on our own, like how, how often are you going to validate? How often can you rotate validators? What percentage of the fees are you going to burn? You know, um, when you, when people, when the coins get burnt, do they get sent to a burn address? Is it, does it register an event on chain? And there's these, these individual unique parameters that, that we needed to like deal with, but things like yeah. block time, we didn't, we're just like, okay, BSC uses three second blocks. We'll use three second blocks. Okay, uh, BSC has 21 validators. I like the number 33. We'll have 33. Sounds bigger. People like it more. But in reality, they're, they're just, you could have you could have 10 or you could have 50, then the network would still be fine. You know, those particular parameters, you only, you only, my statement on it is the more validators you have, the lower average quality of validator you get because there's a power law distribution for the, the quality of the hardware and the, the networking connectivity and the admins that maintain them. And so I don't really think that there's much advantage going to higher numbers because you're just going to have worse quality of experience with worse servers as you go down the list, you know? And then, and then if something sucks ever, you just change it. Like, oh, the, the government's kicking doors down. All right, well, we're forking the code and now it's uh, a thousand validators and we have slower blocks, but we have more, you know, kick down the door robustness. You don't need to preemptively optimize these things. Like Ethereum, Ethereum preemptively optimized a DDoS attack vector and raised the gas prices 2.6x for hexagons, which is the reason we're having this conversation right now. So, so Mar- uh, Martin Swindon and Vitalik raised the gas costs on the gas costs on average 2.6x yeah. for for hexagons because they said that maybe someone could DDoS the network with maybe some very expensive specially formed blocks that take longer to validate. And then because they took longer to validate, you could 33% attack the network instead of a 51% attack. That's a lot of maybes and how come no one's doing it right now? Because it would just waste millions of dollars for no reason. People don't like wasting their money. There's no way to profit on it. You're just wasting your money. Monero, Monero just had hack. If you got your Monero and spent it within an hour of getting it, it wasn't anonymous. Hmm. Price went up. Theorem Classic gets hacked. Price goes up. So this concept that you could like wreck a network and make money, it doesn't even work. So his preempt his preemptive optimization screwed my people hard. 
It wasn't and just now for you, though. It, oh, it, it well. could have been for some scans from no, no, it wasn't against point. us. Because it, was no, it about wasn't against some, us. It was just a poor this, decision yeah. that he made. It's yeah, like having two kids and giving one more allowance and seeing what happens. Yeah, Other I, people in Ethereum I, got a discount based on my people getting screwed. Nope, we're forking you now, dude. Now here's the deal. We're going to help lower the fees on Ethereum by taking load off of it. That should make Ethereum more valuable, I hope. And we want to be friendly and we want to be nice. And so, so I'm just going to- what will happen to the hex on Ethereum? I mean, it'll still be there. It's gonna, it can't get rid of it. It's invincible. You can't yeah. kill it. Yeah. It's like, so, but it's always going to be there. Hopefully adoption all moves to the pulse chain, basically, is what, what the goal I want, be. I want to see expensive on both sides. Now, some people mm -hmm. don't feel that way. Some people would prefer to just you know run with the, the more efficient system. But me, mm -hmm. I don't want to see cheap hex anywhere. I don't want to. So yeah, we'll see, you know, I can't decide for the market. The market's going to decide. Um, I'm just saying like 10,000 developers in Ethereum are adding load to the poor five guys that are Ethereum. And like you said, people are abandoning it left and right. You used to have a multi-client ecosystem. You used to have Parity and Geth. Parity dropped off and now you've got just Geth. And we're, I would be willing to bet that my team is more likely to improve Geth than the core Geth team is. And so it's like, it, I'm trying to make the world a better place. I'm trying to make Ethereum better. And I consider it to be a, a friendly, synergistic uh, interaction. Now, I'll give you a caveat. If there's a war, if there's a war, so right now I'm just planning on doing like a single bridge, efficient. But if there's a war, I can make it wideband and open up a bunch of bridges and open up liquidity and, and say, you know what, let's, let's have liquidity mining on their side expensive side and now you're gonna have to arb 10,000 pairs against each other on two chains and the O notational scaling for that is wrecked now I don't want to do that I'm gonna be friendly I want to see the theorem fees come down we still got hex on theorem I want to see the theorem do good um, but if people are mean I can wideband it and their chain will fill up before ours and nobody will be able to work over there but they'll still be able to work over here and we got the same coins with the same code now, now there will be things that are screwy, like stuff with admin keys where the admin didn't bless you, right? You beg the admin, please admin, don't take the front end down, like DYDX. Please DYDX admin, don't take the front end down. There's no open source version. And then I won't be able to do anything. And then I'm like reading how to use the etherscan write, write, write code function, please. There's a lot of begging going on in DeFi because it's not actually DeFi, it's fake. There ain't no front end for DYDX. There ain't no front end for AAVA or E or whatever. When those guys decide to take that server down, you crying and begging like a little baby. So I, I represent real decentralization. If I die and hex.com goes offline, you got 10 other sites you can go to. You, you can go to another hex.com, backup hex.com, hexmob.win, app hex.win, ether scan, right contract function. I'm sure I'm well, forgetting some. I don't <laughs> want you to die. Do not die. Thank you. Although I'm, I'm sure plenty of hexagons would be very, very happy knowing that it would never <laughs> dump. <laughs> well, not, not, not that you own them. <laughs> or the keys or the yeah the keys to that crypto but anyway uh, why is there a sniper red dot here i don't understand what's happening yeah be careful anyway yeah i shouldn't have jinxed anything like that <laughs> uh, or even brought that up but anyway uh thank you for not dumping on your folks richard i'm just i'm just being facetious good, of course i appreciate yeah i appreciate no funny thing i'm actually getting uh bodyguards just for fun you should it's weird i mean somebody like, like of, of your caliber i don't have any i don't have any really credibly. credible threats but yeah. i have so much money that it's like might as well yeah. 
Yeah. But I don't know yeah, how anyway. I'm going to get laid. I don't know if it's going to be harder <laughs> or easier. No, you, uh, yeah, you got to watch out who you lay with. Uh, you yeah. gotta make sure that the bodyguards stay outside if you trust them. You uh, know. Um, uh, trust trust your keys. <laughs> your, private, uh, your private key. Anyway, take care, Richard. Thank you so much again for the conversation. Everybody for joining hey, us. can uh, I show my can, stuff? Can I show links? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, go ahead. Well, if you want to donate to charity, you got to go to SENS.org because that, like, get free coins for donating thing, it's over in three days and 20 minutes. And then if you want to get slightly more points, you can sacrifice to these addresses to support free speech. But, you know, if you want to donate to charity to get medical research done, you got to go to SENS.org and email them at airdrop at SENS.org. If you want free books, t.me slash SciVive. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash richardhartwin, uh, pulsechain.com, x.com. That's it. Telegram. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. It's awesome. Good Thank you, you so much. Yeah, likewise. Hey, do I'll you think it's a later, bull market sure. or bear market? I'm, 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 with the bull. I'm with the bull side, uh, but so some might say I have a bias soon. as a YouTuber because we also do better when the price yeah, is going up. It's true. So I, I'm aware of that, but I, I personally feel like it's still doing well. But good. I don't know. You're the one who's been around since. I make I make more money if you're right. I hope you're right. But I hope I'm right too. I, oh, I, this I is a Bitcoin see. bear, by the way. It's labeled Bitcoin bear. <laughs> I think inflation, I, I mean, I just can't, I, I think inflation is a real thing. I think sure. number is going to go up dollar, mm-hmm. dollar value of every single asset. I'm obviously, we've never seen some, some level of inflation like this and Bitcoin no. is here. It exists. Not my lifetime. In the seventies yeah, so, we did it, but not in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I personally just over the next decade, I see crypto prices much, much higher. I don't care about it's the good short term. Yeah. Same. Anyway, everybody uh, likes you. You're super popular, man. I think it's your tan. <laughs> people, people love your like tan. I think it's you, you do you, you videos near the swimming pool. That's what's up. Yeah, I'm it's like the body, over. bro. I'm, no, I don't. I'm hungover <laughs> as shit today, to be honest. I was like, oh, I woke up like, oh, I'm never drinking. I'm in the desert now. I live in Vegas now. And it's oh, freaking, crazy. Like, yeah, I hear the, the atmosphere pulls like liquid out of your body. Yeah. And I, and I your drank, nose bleeds I had like and six stuff. IPAs yesterday. Uh, not a good idea. <laughs> anyway, but uh, somehow we made it through this one. So th- thanks for sticking around.